See, okay. I like the way you guys do it, where you like there's some weird, there's the, the, your cold open is some weird like excerpt from the thing. Well, I've been recording happen. for 14 minutes, so oh, it'll no. be something <laughs> from that. It's us having a very heated. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me today is... Tiffany. And... Alex 2.0. Alex, you look a little bit different well, today. Well, you know, I've gained like 100 pounds and, you know, and like, like 25 years. So, you know, oh, that's hey. fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that is not the voice of Alex, shockingly. That's the voice of our guest this week, who his real name is... This is Judd Goodrich. Yes, as you have all... Um, Judd's been on two episodes previously. He was um, on last year's uh, movie draft where he came in medium? Did you come in third? Fourth? I'm going to go with yes. Sure. Sure. Uh, all I know no, is you he, didn't lose. He beat me. So that's third, because I think Scott came in second. Okay, So you yeah. did very well. Um, I was dead last. So anyways, Judd is joining us tonight. Um, we actually Yay. have, uh, we're down one Alex, unfortunately, like you can hear, but uh, Judd will, has stepped in graciously and he will uh, move forward with grace and aplomb. Aplomb. So, aplomb. <laughs> wait, there's, wait there's plums? Oh, there's, Ooh, great. Uh, no, I ate all my plums this week. I'm sorry I'm coughing. I'm like, I don't know what is going on right now, but I am like dying. This is like a brand new development because you weren't coughing like 10 literally minutes ago. was not coughing 10 minutes ago and now i'm like ah. awesome so I, came, be fun. I came in fourth spaghetti policy beat fourth me. okay <coughs> oh so, hell yeah good job tiffany okay so uh, uh before we get started we have uh an email this week um and you can email us at no refunds podcast at gmail.com just like judd did <laughs> so this is the funny <laughs> thing because judd's already <laughs> We didn't plan on Judd being on the episode before Judd emailed us, so this is this is really funny. So Judd, you can directly respond to this. This would be great. Okay, so the first part is, um, if people can believe that a man can love an elf, we can believe that a woman can love a fish man. That's that's part one. Okay. That's part one. I agree. Fact. True. If we believe that a man can love an elf, what's that from? So so so. Aragorn, technically he's okay, okay, a high right. man, but it, it, Aragorn, you know his his relationship with uh, uh, Eowyn is a man loving an elf. So if a man Arwen. can love an elf, Arwen, Arwen sorry, Eowyn is the the other one. Anyway, if Shield a man maybe. can love an elf, a woman certainly can love a fish man. True. Have you seen that movie yet, John? I have. It's really good. Did it you is like really it? good. It's really good. It's it's phenomenal. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's awesome. Yes. Did we talk about it on this? I don't know because we, we we saw it during the break. We saw it. Yeah. I, but I think we talked about it on our Oscar. during our Oscars one. Oscar one. Okay. Yeah, Oscars. you guys talked about the Oscars one, and then people. I think I think people were like making the whole like Fishman thing, and I have actually seen people on the internet talking about that, which is mm -hmm. why in my stream of conscious emails to people, because that's basically my comment section to you guys, <laughs> yeah, is I'm basically reacting as I'm listening to you guys. Oscar so fish. So continuing, okay. um, other reactions. This is Judd's email. Other reactions. Okay. If you guys are failures at 30, I really hate to think of what I am at 46. You're not a failure, sir. You're on a podcast right now that nobody listens yep. to. So Hanging don't out worry. with uh, two people who are 15 years younger than you. 15 to 16, because I'm still 30. 
for another couple weeks. Um, I would yeah. accept your weight loss challenge. However, I'm pretty sure my weight loss goal, minus 200 pounds, is basically like losing Alex. Uh, yeah. Shots fired? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, how, is, how is the weight loss challenge going for you, Tiffany? Um, uh, <laughs> Same here. Uh, no, okay. I am up a What pound. did we literally just eat? We just had buffalo chicken pizza and garlic bread. And what did I have for lunch yesterday? Pizza. Pizza. And I had Wendy's for dinner. I blame Judd, though. He's a bad influence. No, I'm up I a am. pound. Pizza's delicious. I'm up a pound this week, which is not great. Yeah, but you look fine. I know. I don't really have you that. You look fine and you can run a half marathon. She's what is hideous. Complaint? I don't have, have that much her? to lose, but it's just more It's more of like a mental thing. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, but here, so having been a, being very, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> having been basically the token fat guy, mm-hmm. like for the last 20 years uh, of my gatherings with my friends, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of come to the conclusion that for starters, I, I'm, I understand the idea that like, the number is just a number. Yeah, so totally. I, I, I don't really pay attention mm-hmm. to it so much. Also, also because fact I have to buy like bigger scales to actually accommodate me. Um, but the the real thing is is that you know, do you feel healthy? How do you feel that whole that whole stuff? Okay. So but but, but feeling like... healthy doesn't take into account my internalness, which well. is apparently very unhealthy, which is based on me being overweight. So like, yeah, but yeah. you can't run a half marathon. Yeah, I was uh, okay. Say, uh, touche, fair. For I me, I guess it's different. It's just because I like food, but then I, I'm pretty well balanced. So yeah, I really can't complain. I feel yeah, but good. Also, I, I mean, feel healthy. But there's also yeah. other there's a lot of other types of pressures on you to mm-hmm. look a certain way mm-hmm. than like say I do, where I can be like oh, I yeah. look like I look like a bowling ball just walked in the bowling ball with legs. Um, and no one will in. say anything and, about and that. No one's gonna be like, yeah. "Geez, Judd, what you let yourself go?" Whereas like you know, mm-hmm. women like gain a few pounds, and people are like, "So married life, right?" <laughs> I think for me, I just want to continue being able to run and do stuff and do that, you know, I mean, be I think better. Crazy. I know. I don't I'm know. only I, half crazy. I watch a lot of Marvel movies, and yeah. every single Marvel movie has one sequence where the male lead has to have his shirt yeah, off, and I feel pretty inadequate it's, when it's I watch great. that, Judd. I don't know about you. It probably doesn't help that I'm sitting there going, She's oh, sitting next to me going, oh, oh my God, did you see oh this? My god. Oh, 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 my God. This is my favorite part of the movie. Oh, my God. And I'm it's so not that person usually, but when you very, when you well, have when it's, the it's Chris Evans when you put Chris the Chris's Hemsworth out there, Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt. Yeah, any in, any Chris in, in the Marvel it's universe, be like, it's gonna be maximum Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. excited for that. The only way they can get any more Chris is if they got Chris Pine, mm. which he's a he's a dirty DC man. Yeah. I would need to bring lots of changes of underwear to that <laughs> movie. That's gross. I'm sorry, it's gross. I don't care. You guys can deal with it. But yeah, oh, so how's it going for you, Dwight? Uh. Your weight loss challenge. Oh, is that what we're still talking about? Yep. Okay, fine. It's it's going pretty roughly pretty as well. Speaking, yes. Yeah, it's the yeah, food. I know, I know, the I'm food joking. is the friggin' hardest thing. Yeah, because I've been like I've been doing I've been not getting on the treadmill and everything, so, but it is the the food. And starting this week, I'm going to um, start like strictly sticking to a uh, like a pre meal thing that I, I, I'm, did, I need to start doing. That's what I did not do this week, and it showed because I was like, oh yeah. I'm fine. I can eat. I'm good. I'm under calories. I'm all set. It's great. And then I was up. So yeah. meal plan. It meal plan or bust. I'm pretty sure Alex said he was down five pounds last yeah, time that we, was, I talked with him. That was so. last time. So that was... was like a week, I think that was a week ago. Super competitive Alex is winning the challenge? Shocking, wow. right? Yeah, Alex is super competitive in general. So Well, there's no prize. So I'm kind of like, eh. The prize no. is living longer. <laughs> I, I, I was very... Actually, I shouldn't be... I should be trying harder because there's... I'm literally in a contest at my gym and like the, the pot 
is eighteen hundred dollars. Okay. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I know there is. And she had to pay money to enter I it. I had to pay money to enter it. Why'd you eat that pizza we just bought? <sighs> Fair enough. So, anyways, uh, that's cool. So let's move on to our main topic of the day. Mm. We asked Judd to do some homework for us, and Tiffany and I we were invited by our friends Scott and Haley yeah. to go see a movie. Uh, we all saw Ready Player One recently. Um, I feel like we're talking about this because we literally just had a discussion about the book. But that was the book. Yeah, the that movie was the, is that very was the different. Book. This is the movie. Yeah. And from what I understand, the movie is very different drastically I, yeah. different. Um, so I know we just talked about the book, but let me give a little bit of history to the movie. So this is Ready Player One. It's a, the new movie by Steven Spielberg. It is based on the hit book of the same name. Um, it, is, it follows the story of Wade Watts, who is our plucky everyman hero, who is in a dystopian future where more or less everything has collapsed and everybody finds their uh, refuge in this place, which is a virtual reality simulation called the Oasis, where the big um, catches, you can be and do anything more or less. You can have your avatars look like whatever you want. You can be Tracer from Overwatch. You can be um, Buck Bonzaru Bonsai Man from Buckaroo the Bonsai. Buckaroo Bonsai from the whatever Earth century. Um, you can, <laughs> whatever century. Isn't that what's called, Judd? You would know. Buckaroo Bonsai in the yeah, 20, you're old, right? Isn't like the, in the 21st and a half century? <laughs> no, no. Buckaroo Bonsai <laughs> takes place in, in, in strictly speaking modern day. Um, but isn't it called Buckaroo Banzai? And or am I thinking of like Buck Rogers? I'm thinking, you're thinking of Buck, Buck Rogers, Rogers in the 25th, there we go. 25th century. Those are that's two it. very different things. Yes, I mean, they so, both start with Buck. So there yeah. you go. So that's that. Um, and he uh, Wade is trying to find these three uh, magic keys, which will unlock an Easter egg, which was placed there by the guy who ran the the thing. Um, I want to say it's Ogden Warrenstrom, but that's not his name. What's Halliday. his name? Ogden, Ogden Halliday. Morrow. Yeah, something, and, something oh, Halliday. And Halliday. Morrow and Holiday. Morrow and Holiday. Halliday, who um, placed this Easter egg, and whoever gets the Easter egg, because uh, he died, <laughs> whoever gets the Easter egg gets control of the Oasis <laughs> and uh, like a trillion dollars or something like that. Something outrageous. So, what did we all think of Ready Player One? He asked. Whoever kinda, wants to go first, can I kind of liked it. I liked it for, okay, take this with a grain of salt because I'm going to be the most kind to this movie out of any, either of you. Um, I liked yeah. it for what it was for a, I also like, I haven't read the book and to be quite honest, reading parodies of the book and reading excerpts of the book kind of horrifies me, but that's not for me. But I, the movie wasn't offensive. It wasn't, it was cute. It was a very felt like a teen movie so it wasn't like it it was kind of fun and silly and there were definitely plenty of things wrong with it but um and definitely things that i wanted more of or would have if i was creating it would have done differently or explored mm -hmm. more which i'll go into after but yep. i didn't i didn't hate it it was kind of it was fun it was when it was good it was fun and then by the third act i was like okay this is hmm. the third act kind of lost me a little bit that's very fair. Yeah. But it was fun. Judd, what did you think of this movie? So um, I kind of talked about this a little bit on, um, I had friends of mine who wanted to know my opinions on this. Um, so for any of those, those who are listening, which, yay! They should be. Um, Thank you. For the, for, the rest of those, for the rest of you people who have not heard my opinion, um, in general, it was okay. Mm -hmm. um, it was nothing by way of groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Um it in I have a kind of a my personal movie 
rating scale. Um, I have three ratings. Now, later, never. Mm. Which is, now is, go see this in the theater. Mm-hmm. It deserves being seen in the theater. Later is, see it on your own time, mm-hmm. on Netflix or your streaming thing of choice, because honestly, it's not worth the thirteen fifty or whatever you're paying mm-hmm. to go see this in, in a theater. And never is, well, don't see this. It's bad. Um, this is definitely very firmly a, ne- a, a, a leader. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's a never, but honestly, that's be just me being like, yeah. grumpy. Um, it's really solidly a leader. Um, mm-hmm. If I had watched this at 1 a.m. on Netflix, I probably would have been like, eh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, as it is, um, like I said, it, in general, it's okay. Um, it's nothing really new i mean i mean Mm -hmm. the 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 aesthetics of it like the specific you know kind of idea of this sort of gamer mass gamer culture thing when you say that's kind of new but in general the you know white everyman protagonist Mm -hmm. sticking it to the man (laughs) uh not new and boring but the there were there were very pretty parts to it so yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like you're the are, you're like the target audience. I, or you would one, think so. or one half of the target you would think audience. so. Having grown up in the '80s yeah. and like in theory, I would be Halliday um, because in theory I should have this ridiculous fascination with this time period. But here's the thing about me: mm-hmm. I'm kind of anti-nostalgia. I'm not a huge fan of. I really have an issue when people like do what I consider nostalgia mining. Where they're mm-hmm. deliberately going after something to like, yep. hey, remember that cool thing when you were a kid? Here's more of that. Yep. Because you like stuff, man. <laughs> and it almost always comes across as false because the people don't love it yep. themselves. They're just trying to sell me something. Yep. Um, and some people like dig it. They're like, oh, remember yep. Ghostbusters? I love that. That was great. See, did you see Echo One on there? That was amazing. And that's all they need. Yep. And I'm like, I need more than that. You can't just like say, here's a lunchbox and be like. Yeah, just, just, like, just gobble it up. Same way. Just having yeah, Jason in it doesn't mean this is an amazing movie because there was a shot with Jason Voorhees in it. Like, wow, and I, I, I love Jason. Uh, yeah, there is a point where Jason's yeah, yeah. in it. He's this, in one shot, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Not so but like, it, it, that doesn't make it a good not, movie. This, this is, I think, the, the advantage of this being a later movie is you could do the thing where you're like, okay, pause, pause. <laughs> advance, advance, advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look yep. at that, advance, advance. And you can't do that in a theater, yeah. and so a lot of it's just washing over you. Yeah. Um, there got- were that said, there were parts of this movie that I did give it points for being clever Ooh. and fun, mm-hmm. um, and we can go into that after we get your opinions. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, I thought this, so we have a fun. I liked it. A yeah. what was yours? A, it was okay. A okay, later. and mine is it's fine. Like it was as a movie, it kept my entertainment. It kept my attention for the entirety of the movie. There was really no point where I was bored. Um, I feel like the movie moved at a relatively mm-hmm. brisk pace. Um, the main <laughs> character sucked. Oh, I thought he was so boring yeah. and just like a like everything about being a nerd that I don't like is like yep, the, like yep. the smugness about like oh if people don't like he had to like know every little bit of trivia about every little thing mm-hmm. and and there there's points in the movie where. They were treating certain things with like a weird reverence that I don't necessarily agree with. Like there was a point where one of the characters is like, we want to make every single high school look like 
um, the, the high school from the John Hughes movies. And it's like, well, there are other great high schools out there. But anyways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The movie was fine. Where it really fell apart for me was some of the script. Like, I thought the, I think the central <laughs> idea is really interesting mm-hmm. and pretty, not unique, but it's a fun central thesis of like having like the the oasis and the 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 Easter egg hunt more like the treasure hunt for the three keys. I've seen it a million times, but it's fun. And but the script I thought just had some really groaner parts to it, mm-hmm. and just some like why why are they here now? What why why did they decide to go here? How is it, how do they end up in this space? How do they end up you in that space? You don't care that uh, The Shining is Halliday's eleventh favorite horror movie. That like, was one of the, that was shit. one of my giant groaner moments. No one cares. Like, oh my god! What, what you could have just just said, oh, it's one of you know, it was one of his favorite, or it went on this date at this time. Like there are things I don't care what. Who the ranking. hell brings someone to, to The Shining well, as a date movie? Who the hell have has sm- a list of all their favorite movies like ranked in? Order of maybe not. Well, me. Look, look, why don't, don't why don't we shift into the so minor okay. spoilers ahead? We'll shift into the character of Halliday. Then I think a character Ooh. like Halliday mm. would totally have a list of, of his favorite horror yes. movies because I think that they handle Halliday was one of the best parts <gasps> of this movie in my opinion. Um, I liked okay, Judd disagrees, but I like the way okay. I am not autistic, but I think oh my that God, they you're handled my thing away. Tiffany, would you like to go ahead? No, 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 no. no, you no, no go, you, I well, want to hear you say it because okay. I don't know if you're going to say the same things I am, but possibly we, we've talked about this. I think that the the interpretation of the autism that they showed in Halliday was a pretty accurate representation of that type of an illness, and it wasn't a negative thing. No, it, it, was, it seemed like the because he was a very sympathetic character and he was a very like positive character. He, I mean, he created this the the best you, thing in the world. Do you think that's what they were hinting at, or, or Ernest Klein was hinting at that it was an I don't autistic, know if he was hinting or, at that or, in the novel, but he definitely came across like I, that. I in, think, and that was like one you, of the, sorry, I, sorry, no, no, I didn't mean to steal it from you because that was the thing that I really, really enjoyed and wanted more of and couldn't care less about the rest of the the movie is that I wanted a movie about him dealing with his childhood and, and all of these, like he was really interesting to me in that, that what we didn't see, mm-hmm. that um, very clearly... To me, and having worked with a lot of kids with with autism and who are on the spectrum, like I see that, and I was like, "This is really, really interesting," and I want to know more about this character, and and like you said, sympathize with him. Yeah. And it was just really sad and kind of tragic that like he had no friends, so we created this world. And I don't know, it was just I don't kind of sweet and sad. And I was just about to say, you work with with people yeah. who mm-hmm. have autism. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it was an accurate portrayal? That's what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Some kind of spectrum. Yeah, Judd, totally. You, you seem to be rolling your eyes <clears throat> over um, there. I don't want to say I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, the problem is, Halliday, the, the character we see so very, we basically see, with the possible exception, spoilers, um, of the very end, mm-hmm. right? Everything we see of Halliday is this very rosy, um, rose-colored glasses, um, PR-shined version of him. With the, with the exceptions of the end, mm-hmm. um, which I want to get to later, yeah. um, and like the parts that are like in the um, when they're dealing with like in the records, in the, the memory in the, stuff, in the, the, the archive, yeah. right? Yeah. And and like you're seeing what are supposedly actual conversations he had mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm. and um, but the thing is about I kind of feel about it is, is that. The people, the way people view Halliday in the world, mm-hmm. in world, is very similar to this sort of idea of like, you can tell that the book was written like pre 
or just slightly post, I can't remember, um, Steve Jobs dying. And there's that, okay. that same yep, kind of like, yep, yep. Steve Jobs, the man. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. and like, and, the, and, and here's the thing, the more we find out about Steve Jobs, the actual person, mm-hmm. not the, not the spokes- corporate figure. The spokesman mm-hmm. for, for Apple, um, the less shiny he is, the less, yep. the more real he is and kind of an asshole he is. Um, and that's what I kind of feel with Halliday is that what we're seeing is, is to a certain extent, the kind of shiny, buffed up, he mm-hmm. died, and it's tra- we all feel bad that he died mm-hmm. version of this. But I mean, here's another, here's one thing, just like I thought was weird. He creates this video, which apparently is released the moment, like the day he dies, <laughs> yep. of him rising out of his own, yeah. co- uh, riding out of, out of a coffin. And I'm just sort of like, okay, dude, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say right now, that's weird. Yeah, but it's Star what Trek he likes. Stuff. Who are you to judge his choices, I, I, Judd? He likes coffins. Whatever. And Star Trek. And Star Trek, yeah. which, was, which I did think was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so, I, my, my, when my, I was kind of rolling my eyes at the, the Halliday's the most interesting character. Um, I don't think he was more the most interesting well, than Wade Watts. I don't think he was the most interesting, but I'm saying like I liked him more than I liked there the, were, the main antagonist. I, I, I will yeah. basically state this. What I actually was thinking was, the thing, was this. There are stories going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. That I think are infinitely more interesting, definitely, yes, than the story that we follow. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are side stories, there are things we get glimpses of that are infinitely more interesting, and I want to see more of oh. that than what I, I'm interested the, in, the, in. The, the the story of Wade Watts, super geek, mm-hmm. yep. learning how to beat the thing, and then be going from going from zero to hero and getting all the monies and the girl. I'm interested in Artemis's story about her father who apparently became like an indentured servant to IO yeah. whatever, IO9, IOI, who are the bad or guys H's in this story. movie. H is, yeah, I love yeah, H. H, H uh, She's a great character. H was neat. She wasn't I, my favorite. I, I liked her I liked her, a her lot. but she was, she was much more interesting. Spoilers. She, she was yeah. much more interesting than Wade. Wade. I liked Artemis the best. Artemis but. was really great. You know what else I like too? Speaking of like we're talking about dystopia and talking about other interesting things, when like the literally the, the movie opens up the the corn syrup wars and the and the 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 um bandwidth wars and the band corn wars syrup, and syrup drought. I think I'm it like, was. tell me all about that because that's what I want. I love dystopian stuff because I'm weird. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to I want to read a book all about the bandwidth wars or like just the shortage of of corn yeah, syrup. And, it, the weird thing like, is, it's not yeah. your usual dystopia. Yeah, because. because for starters, like Artemis comes out and says, "Welcome to the Resistance." At one point, and you're like, "There's okay. a res- there's a Resistance, yeah. really?" Yeah, I, I um, guess it was to IOI though. I think that's, right, yeah. like, but but the other thing is sort of like, so what does the rest of the world look like? Because we clearly have the people who have nothing mm-hmm. who are in the stacks, right? And stacks apparently, cool. apparently, so the, the cool. people who are in the the people who live in the stacks are so insulated to what they're doing that Wade actually comments on that. Holy crap! IOI is literally just down the street. Like they're so <laughs> close to each other. He's actually surprised by that. That had to have been something for a movie. Like the fact yeah. that all these characters are in one place. Yeah. That really like that was a moment where I the know... script just took me out of it. It was like so ev- all you you are plugged into this computer where you can make friends anywhere, anywhere. in the world, and your four closest friends just happen to be your real well, life here's, next door here's neighbors. Kind of what I thought about that because actually I did I went into this not completely blind. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So I had listened to other people's commentary, but I tried to, when I went into it, to try to take it for what it was, which is why I came out with, it's okay, yep. as opposed to, 
garbage fire of a movie. Um, That's Alex's opinion, by the way. <laughs> um, but he, so Artemis and Wade being in the same area and H being in the same area, I could kind of buy. It. And I personally had canon that uh, Sato and um, I think it's Dido. Dido. I actually think that they're from someplace else because they don't actually explicitly say that they flew in from another country. Yeah. <laughs> But the amount an amount of time has happened has passed. Mm-hmm. They could have come from someplace else. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just headcanoned that as I was going through it because people have kind of mentioned Get that your headcanon out of here. The movie um, didn't a, say there's that. There's a, a woman that I I, I follow uh, who's a video essayist. Um, her name is Lindsay Ellis, and, mm-hmm. and oh. she's the nostalgia really, chick. Really nostalgia chick. And she, one of the things she was saying is that that the movie feels super condensed, whereas like. The book happens over like a year, mm-hmm. and the movie feels like it happens over about thirty six hours. Um, yep, I think it's a bit longer than thirty six hours, because you can fluff up a little time here, there, a little time there. But it really that's it's not more than a week mm-hmm. by a long shot. So where in the book, like Moro basically like gathers all the heroes together at the end mm-hmm. um, to do the thing. Who's Moro? Uh, Og Moro, the oh. the partner. Oh, okay. Og. Uh, I didn't know he gathered. He didn't gather anyone in the movie. So no, I he didn't. Know what you're talking no, about. no, no, no. Just, I, I, so that's I know one of the things that she about comments on is like in the in the movie they just happen to be all in the same place because movie reason convenience, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, hmm. but yeah, so like, I understand what you're saying. Where sort of like that moment kind of takes you a little bit out of it. But I do think it's like I'm kind of interested as to what the mechanics of this particular dystopia is because everyone just seems to like everything in the world seems to revolve around the Oasis. Clearly, like yeah. like people play it, people clearly must make some kind of third party apps that like work with the Oasis. They make you know suits, that mm-hmm. you, you know whatever. So that's the kind of things that I would have liked to see a little bit more of in terms of like how this world works. But I understand that for purposes of like the time, yeah, we weren't going to see that. Yeah. Well, speaking of time, do you think it's weird as people who play video games that it took them five years? <laughs> <laughs> to figure out that first first thing, because I, I was watching um, Red Letter Media, and I think I showed you this I one too, love Tiffany. Red Letter Media, and, and they they did a review on it, and one of the guys on there was like, "The first thing you do in any racing game is see if you can drive backwards. It's just like <laughs> if you're if you're not really trying seriously, you just you just you just go plowed in reverse, and you try to cheese out the uh, uh, the, the finish lines. The fact that in five years. Whoa. Nobody tried that. That's insane. Yeah. No, I I, 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 I hard agree on that. It, yeah. That was actually one of the things that I actually was like, I put in my notes was like, really? Five years, nobody yeah. went backwards once. Five not even, years. Not, not <laughs> just for the, just for, for the lols. Just for like, they like someone was away from keyboard, like talking to their mom and they got back to the race and like the race is already started and they're already like 10 seconds <laughs> yeah, behind exactly. everybody else. And they're like, eh. Reverse, lol. We'll see what and we like, can do. That guy won. That guy wins, and he's just sort of like, "What just happened?" <laughs> or like the fact that any video game that comes out nowadays, specifically for PC, within a week, if that, I would say less than that, it has been completely data mined, and everybody knows every little thing about that game. And it's a big Reddit, you know, thread. Exactly. And it's like, oh, like, like I, I, I know I've said People this do to that both. with movie trailers. Mm-hmm. Every single Easter egg in a movie trailer, every single whatever is like in in hours, yeah. hours of it coming out. Yeah. So that's a big suspension of disbelief. I just have to assume that everybody in this world who's playing a video game 
sucks, mm. and I'm just so much better than them. Either that or well, like specifically for like the data mining thing, I can mm. I'm I'm willing to press the button on that that the way that Halliday coded the mm-hmm. the Oasis mm-hmm. that it's completely resistant to data mining. Like like people can't. You don't like, think anybody do... could like hack it and like get every item in the game or? I don't know. People I, people do, I mean I mean, unless clearly, clearly, clearly they don't because for sure is they don't talk about like hackers. They don't talk about people who are like you know that kind yeah. of person right mm-hmm. and this is so this is the thing that i actually talked about to my other friends um which is one of my points about the things that kind of disappointed about me about the movie in general which yep. is um i joked about like someday there will be a piece of media that accurately dis- you know depicts gamer culture but today is not this day because it doesn't um what and, do you mean well specifically like the things like just the thing that every gamer, like some gamer in five years, would have tried going reverse just yes. for the lulls. True. Um, is that gamer fi- culture? Yeah, <laughs> I would think that's, that's well. This, part this, of no, it. this, this, this is, is another layer. This is tying, oh, okay. this is tying okay. into the fact that okay. I got into a, a fairly decent argument with, uh, which literally, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Like, shook me to my core. So, guys, if you're listening to this, yeah, um, <laughs> shook me to my core because basically, a, like, one of my oldest friends in the world basically came out and said, yeah, there's no such thing as gamer culture. Like, gamers don't have a culture. Like, what is culture? How could gamers have a culture because gamers are such a wide group of people? And when I say gamer culture, I don't specifically mean people who play video games. I mean gamers, so if you play role-playing mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. or you play tabletop games or you play card games or you are a Halo guy or you're an MMO person, you're gamers. And that is a big umbrella and there's what smaller umbrellas. if oh. I play Animal Crossing Pocket Camp on my phone? You're a gamer. Yeah. Okay. In but, Judd's but, world, I am. But, yeah. but does that culture in any way overlap the poker player's culture? Because they are both There are going to be elements of it. There's going to be elements of it. But, but I mean, there's going to be some par- certain parts where it's sort of like their experience specifically is going to not have enough com- enough in common. But they're still going to be like, I think to a certain extent, they're still gamers. Um, I'm not also, disagreeing they're gamers, but I'm talking okay. about the culture aspect of it. Where, do, where Where's the overlap in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp yep. and poker players? Well, if now, okay, now hearing both sides of this, because I've heard both sides of this now, which mm-hmm. is great, because this is what happens when, you know, you come home and talk. <laughs> I, okay, because I came down on one side originally and was like, oh, yeah, well, all they're all games are different. There's all different kinds of cultures. But I think I understand kind of, what you're saying you being judd you're pointing at judd uh, yeah judd sorry <laughs> that Spencer. that i don't know if this is you can correct me if i'm wrong but mm-hmm. like what doesn't matter what type of game you play there's a lingo involved there's an attitude involved there's stuff involved and it's going to be different for every type of game but you know me playing animal crossing and i'm getting my you know my leaf tickets and stuff that's the same as playing Monster Hunter and doing Monster Hunter things and getting that in-game currents. Like it's it's a different lingo, but mm-hmm. it's a, the same. There's a, okay. Goal? There's going to be a, so for example, like like know. for example, I don't play Animal Crossing, but I do play Marvel Puzzle Quest. Okay. And for Marvel Puzzle Quest, I, there's a daily quest, and so I have to, I feel to a certain that there's a there's a I need to log in mm-hmm. to do my daily yep. because if I don't, I'm missing out on stuff. Yep. And so next day comes around and, and I didn't get that stuff. So for Monster Quest for Monster Hunter, right? There's these tickets that you get that mm-hmm. help you give you more stuff. But if you don't, if you, if you, if you like go, oh, let's say eight days, 
mm-hmm. and haven't logged in, you're only going to get five tickets. So what you wanted to do is you wanted to log in at least like a couple of times and use some of those tickets. So but when you come back, you're going to get more of those tickets because you're, mm-hmm. you're wasting your resources. You're, you're not using your resources as efficiently as possible. I love this because this how, is exactly how, does, how Animal Crossing is. I'm like, I have to log in and get my bonus for the day so I can do more stuff. How does that connect to the backgammon player who just plays backgammon every weekend with their friends? Ooh. See, here's the weird thing about, so I'm going to. I gonna, love this. I'm just going to put a caveat yeah, here <laughs> to a certain extent that, like, people who gamble. I think gambling is different than gaming. Okay. Um, because for gambling, gamblers, while they're in it, I, I would like to think that they're in it to the enjoyment mm-hmm. of the game, right? Mm-hmm. There's a certain level of they're in it to win it, right? They're in it to, yeah. they're in it to gain money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a slightly different thing, and it puts them outside of what I would consider gamer culture. Um, I think I would put but, sports out there, too, but in there, that same vein. But like, there are games that where, where people can play competitively. And um, Overwatch. Right, but the, but yeah. but the difference is though the so I guess the so when we're talking about people who go to a casino right mm-hmm. and like play poker or, or professional or slots. poker, what player, about or slots? slots? Is that a game? Right, I would say so, but I don't know if I would call them game gamers necessarily because I think that that's judge being casino exclusive. culture, and that is that is pushing it to a mm. point where it's where it is because there's it's, there's there's a, there's a, a refined addiction <laughs> to a certain extent. I like this with, line with you've those drawn. with those kind of games yeah whereas like if what it was now now for example now he said as a addendum <laughs> if i was going to like a weekly poker thing with my friends right and mm-hmm. what we were doing is we were playing and like we were and, and technically speaking to make it feel more real mm-hmm. right to give it a little bit of edge right everybody put say like 20 bucks in the pool when we showed up on fridays and then whoever won the pot at the end walked away with the money right but really, we're there for the camaraderie. We're there for mm-hmm. the game. We're there to play the cards and the challenge and the skill of beating other people. Not necessarily for the money, because you know, next week I'm gonna I'm gonna put twenty bucks in, or the guy who wins the money also pays for the pizza for the night and the, yep. the pizza and the yep. beer, because yep. that's you know, really what we're doing is paying for pizza and beer. But someone's mm-hmm. gonna walk away with a little bit of money because it spices it up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those people could sit down and have a conversation with people who basically like play Ticket to Ride. With their friends, and they will have some things in common. One of those things in common is gamers are like the most superstitious group of people that you will ever meet on the planet. Because, mm. like, other than athletes, and, and, and like, like yeah. you know, uh, theater people and over there. Well, okay, okay, oh, okay. I guess, <laughs> I, and runners. I, I actually, <laughs> in, a lot in of deference I think to every I already had with Dwight on this, I did actually concede that theater people are more superstitious. I think every culture um, has superstitions, but gamers like like. If you tell people like like people who do anything with the gamers who do anything with dice, they have their rituals. They have the way they roll their dice. They yeah. some really will get to the point where like you can't touch my dice. Um, <laughs> and some people are somewhat infamous in gamer culture for it, like Will Wheaton, who has ridiculously bad dice luck to the point where it actually some people are of the opinion it breaks math how bad he rolls. Um, and <laughs> like the critical role people, um, kind of in recent you know kind of. In a recent episode in the new season for Critical Role, um, Critical Role being the Geek and Sundry show about basically a bunch of voice actors playing D&D. Yep. And Will Wheaton was on the show as a guest at one point, <laughs> and he touched some dice. <laughs> and one of those dice got used by somebody else who was also, who, who was a guest on the most recent one. And this guy in particular, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's actually a colleague of Will's because he plays... Um, he's the voice actor who does Cyborg on T-Titans. 
Mm-hmm. Will Wheaton occasionally shows up on Teen Titans because he's the voice of, I believe, Aqualad. Um, so ah. they know each other. Well, that die because Will had touched it, it rolled terribly. <laughs> like, like every time they, someone tried to roll with it, it was bad. And so at the end of the show, they took that die <laughs> and took, and, and the guy who plays Cyborg took a hammer to it and <gasps> shattered it. This is the thing that Alex was talking about. When, when the people were like, fuck Will Wheaton. And, they're, and um, <laughs> that's because they were referring to basically Will's bad luck. That's really all that was. Um, so anyway, um, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really almost of the opinion that if you get people who are like board gamers and you get people who are tabletop, who are, who are like uh, t- t- tabletop role players, right? Mm-hmm. Who like role players are closer to theater people in a lot of respects because yeah. they're all about like telling the story. Whereas people who like, play board games they're just like want to roll dice and like or play cards and do strategy and yada 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 but you get these people in a room together and you will have they will have things to talk about in common that have to do with the thing they love to do which is play these games and that's the okay. kind of thing i'm talking okay about. i suppose um i'm not disagreeing with you in any, yeah in no sense, i like that was a really good but i think analysis. you can mostly say that about a lot of things like you could get people who are um who are really into sports and if you could get them talking about uh, board game players, I think that people can understand, like like a chess player and a, and a, and a football player. You almost uh, said a sports player. I did almost say a sports <laughs> player, but like a chess player and a football player, like the, the two of them can talk about like strategies and like positions on the field and, and that type and those type of things. And you would have that same type of lingo. I don't mm. know if necessarily that's because they are both quote unquote games, but and that has to do with a gamer culture there. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. No, but, I I like this because I'm just thinking about. And I, I can't think of any specific examples, but I'm thinking of times where walking into a situation with people I don't know or people I don't know well, and we're playing a game or something, and I'm like, oh, this is like XYZ thing. And I'm like, okay. And you take the thing that, like, i into running in sports, and I'm, like, into a lot of different things, and I can mm-hmm. relate to a lot of other different people. So maybe it's just a world culture. Mm. And not, well, I It's know. possible. I, I think that with it, when it comes to... Um, stuff gamer culture in general i think you can actually apply a sports logic to mm-hmm. it in that um i'm not 100 percent how much a curling culture will overlap with a baseball culture true um but people who follow those things will be able fair to enough yeah, with yes yeah. so so what 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 i'm trying to say before i get interrupted judd is now you know how it feels i know uh, thank <laughs> you so like so you you have they they do fall under an umbrella of a sports culture, but within that you have your individual um, sports, which then have their own individual culture. So I think that gaming could mm. could mm. fall under that, where you have your RPG players um, who real are really into Square games, or then you have your first person shooters who are really into Halo and stuff like that. So I don't what? forget your Animal Crossing and your, pocket anal- and your Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Um, filthy casuals. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> um, I, I played um, uh, the Fire Emblem one a lot. Yeah, so trust yeah. me, I know about I love Nintendo games. So you're games. saying there's a generic one type of culture, be it sports, mm-hmm. be it games, be yep. it whatever. And then under that culture, there is different related. Yes. So everybody who's a gamer can kind of fall under that one umbrella mm-hmm. and have things in common, which I like that concept because it makes sense. But then, like, I'm going to be, you know, because, like, I talked to Bonnie, and Bonnie has been on here. I'm like, oh, well, let's play Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, and we can talk about stuff. You have, Dwight, you have no idea what we're talking about. Correct. And just kind of, like, when you guys play Monster Hunter, and I'm like, I have no freaking clue what's happening. But mm-hmm. I can, 
so it's like there's different little sections. There's going to be different. There, there's going to be yeah. different silos for different. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. As you get more specific to a mm-hmm. thing, right? So like, yeah. Monster Hunter is a third person, a third person, you know, hunt mm-hmm. them, find them, third gear grind game, best game. <laughs> but there's also going to be people who are just specifically Monster Hunter people. Yeah. There's like yep. there's going to be yep. other people who are like, well, I like kind of these gear grind games like Diablo, where you're mm-hmm. like, part of the whole purpose of the game is you like fight monsters to get better stuff. Yep. But here's the fun part, right? Ooh. So a a a um, Animal Crossing phone game person, yep, right, that's me. is going to be able to have a conversation with a Marvel Puzzle Quest yep. phone game person yep. and be able to say things like, when I start talking about how the company, is, the company who runs the game, is how they monetize their game and how they like mm-hmm. have like their deals and like mm-hmm. how they fix the rarities of certain things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God, it's so annoying because every once in a while it just feels like I'm so grindy with yep. this particular thing. And you may not have played a single game of this, but you'll know exactly what I'm I talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about right now as relates to Animal Crossing. <laughs> but but I think that only fits within your siloed stuff because going back to my... You can't have a backgammon person who understands the concept of grinding something. Well, that's true. Like, so... Okay. Uh, they're, they're, you but know that's I mean? why there's, yeah. a, there's a larger umbrella. And as we mm-hmm. get siloed... The, the, if, yeah. As you get siloed... There's going to be more specific things you can talk about, but there's going to be a general idea of like of a joy of playing but, games. But at that mm. point, then though, is there is when is there a blanket gamer culture or is there individual like genre cultures within those Ooh. games? Because like you saying that there is a generic gamer culture, like for example, Judd, you've said this to me a million times. People do not get D and D mechanics correct. In any type of thing that we've talked about, you've you have pointed to me out at Stranger Things, and you had read. I think you read the synopsis of Ready Player One, where yeah. they also did a D and D module, and you told me twice that is not how that works. That's not a misunderstanding of gamer culture. That's a misunderstanding of D and D mechanics specifically. So it's not like they're misrepresenting gamer culture in that situation. They're misrepresenting Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Edition One mechanics. Incorrectly, right. That's true. But on the other hand, you miss the not understanding how gaming culture works is the thing of in five years no one went reverse. Really, <laughs> I know. I was going to say this. But this... is that is that gamer culture or is that a racing game culture or is that racing Ooh. games? You know what I mean? Like because you can't. See, go, I'm not you, a racing you, gamer you, culture. You, I'm not a racing. You, I'm you not a racing gamer guy. So, and that's what my first thought was like. You can't go reverse and backgammon. Like you can't. You, there's there's no well, forward or backwards it, in backgammon. Uh, Sorry. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like every time we watch a, a, a TV show or something and Dwight goes, oh, that's not how you hold a Xbox controller or how you hold a... You know, I <laughs> the think, not plugged I think in. it comes like down that. to less people not knowing how to represent the culture, but how to make it generic enough for pe- everybody to understand. And maybe that's what's going on in Ready Player One, just trying to make it generic enough, throw nostalgia mm-hmm. at you and just be like, everybody's going to like this because it has something that everybody likes mm-hmm. under literally the umbrella of everything. Which is then hard because you... Just because somebody's not representing something accurately, does that mean that that they shouldn't be, uh, they should not be allowed to tell that story because mm-hmm. they don't know about Dungeons and Dragons? But maybe they played Dungeons and Dragons when they were younger and they've never played it again, so they just don't remember how these things work. So they're just like, eh, whatever. So, so here's here's kind of here's kind of my th- th- about that. Um, specifically, I'm gonna I'm gonna drill down to the 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 um, example of Stranger Things. Because it was like one of the only things in Stranger Things that bugged me. There was also, tangentially, um, a recent episode of Librarians that did something similar. And I was mad for like the first <laughs> 15 minutes of it because of what they were doing and how they were representing D- like D&D players. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically, 
for Stranger Things, the the big thing in particular is the very beginning, very first episode, right? Where the big drama is, the kids are all around the table, and the Demogorgon shows up, and the um, is it Will? Who's the yes. one? Who's the one who gets eventually? Will Will is the wizard. Yeah, gets grabbed by the Demogorgon. Um, he's faced with a choice, and I understand why it was framed this way. Because the show wouldn't because, have because of the way that because of the way, <laughs> it's well, setting up the themes for specifically the, for the, the theme show. for the show, he was faced with the choice of either casting shield or casting fireball, passive defense uh... or active offense, and he chooses fireball and then rolls a d twenty, and the the it like falls on the floor, and then he basically fibs about what actually happened. No, they end the the the, the session ends, and then as he's leaving, he tells. Um, Oh, that's right. The mom basically says you have to go home. Yeah, and, and I so forget. They... What's the name of the main character? Richie? No, Richie. He played Richie in It. What's the name of the kid? Finn Wolfhard. Who does he play? What's the name of the character? Mike. Mike. He tells Mike. Mike. He tells Mike that I, I, I failed. Yeah. It got me. And then he gets gotten. Right. And the whole show happens. Right. But here's the thing, though. That's not how Fireball works. It's no. not in any edition of D. Oh, okay, that's so? not true. In one edition of D and D, that is that that does you do not roll a D twenty. Is an active thing to cast fireball. What you do is you cast fireball, and then the monster has to make a save, and the monster has to make the thing. And I understand why they did it Ooh. that way for the show because it doesn't work with the them the themes that they're they're playing with. Mm-hmm. It still bothered me. But do you think because they, they could have they could have they could have changed that yeah. to any they could have made they could have made instead of. Having Mike be, I don't know, Mike will be the wizard. I know why they wanted him to be a wizard because of the way that their party, their friendship yep. was structured. Yep. Yep. But if he had been the archer, I think it's still valid. And he shoots with his bow and he misses. And that perfectly still fits in with what we're trying to do, kind of. But it doesn't change the fact that on a very on a show that is so fixated, not fixated, but it is so lovingly going towards. 80s and 80s and like 70s nostalgia, right? Like with that Stranger Things, and that was the big hallmark, the big stumping point that everyone has is that this feels like the 80s. Yeah. They love seeing yeah. the little things in the show, yeah. and they get something like that so wrong, as far as I was concerned. I, was saying, I didn't it, notice it, it, it or it care took at me all. Out of it immediately, but I got back into it. But, but it's that's the first not... episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting because I think everybody has those things that they're like. This is this isn't how you do this. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm trying to think of examples, but I know what's happened to me where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's not how you do whatever thing, and I'm, I'm checked sure, out. I'm pretty sure if like there was a, which actually this, I I would have a hard time believing this would happen because mm-hmm. it would be people making a movie or making a making a TV show about making a TV show and then getting the specific how, how TV show like. You getting like t- TV show things wrong oh. because they're all immersed in the culture, so I don't think it would happen. Yeah, well, yeah, because like the people who make this movie are made Stranger Things. Maybe D and D was like the least thing that they remembered about. Mm-hmm. So right. like, but still, it just it's a valid thing. Like we all have those things that we're like, that's not like I like. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Captain Marvel over here, and I'm like, I know they're gonna do something in Captain Marvel movie. I'm gonna go. That's not how that works. That's not what she did in that, and it's gonna take me out, and I'm gonna be upset about it. So like, I don't. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and I also understand the the idea of keeping it generic and just being like, you here's D and D or here's whatever, and we're just gonna keep it. You know, we're gonna use it as a reference. We're gonna use it as a whatever device, and just you know, 
keep it there just to to advance the story or whatever. In general, the, the, the to, to, to kind of sort of get us mm. back to Rare Player One. I know. Um, this is more interesting the, than The point, I guess, one. is that there are things <laughs> that everyone's going to have that takes them out of a story yeah. because yeah. they have specific knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my, my, my main point about the, the gamer, you know, representing gaming culture thing is it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And so when I see yep. something that is yep. doing things that I'm like, that's not how this works. And I understand why you don't get that. Because apparently you're not a gamer or you're deciding that it doesn't work for, you don't think it's going to work mm-hmm. for mass market appeal. Mm-hmm. But I really would just wish that there was once, you, I could watch a thing and be like, yes, this is how it works. Yeah. They get it. This is the thing. And Ready Player One wasn't that thing for me. It was more of generic action mm-hmm. adventure story. Mm-hmm. So No, I think that's I, valid. Completely I, valid. I don't think that you can really expect a 71-year-old man to nail down gamer culture. That's fair. I'm just going to go out and uh, let me say that. Jaws. Until until well, I'm until, Jaws. He Jaws. loves Jaws. Maybe, maybe until I'm maybe until I'm 71 then I can start expecting because then it's me. Which which is yeah. an interesting because um my favorite sequence in the movie was probably also Spielberg's favorite sequence in the movie because Steven Spielberg is a massive Stanley Kubrick fan. And so the sequence where they go into The Shining, Shining. and like they're walking through what I, I I can only assume they took actual frames from the movie and like. Um, do you think it was a physical set or do you think it was a CGI set? I think it was CGI. I think it was CGI. I think, it was CGI. I think they took. I think they overlaid the the film print. I yeah. I don't know how they did it. That's what I think they did. If they did recreate that set, that's amazing because they got the same shots and everything. So, uh, but that whole sequence I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then you're also running into the issues, like I was saying, with the script because there's a point where one of the people is saying to the other one, he's like, what do you mean you've never watched The Shining? How can you not like The Shining? In the context of the movie, The Shining is a 70-year-old horror movie. How can you possibly expect these other people to, like, give a crap? I guess because it's hol- one of holidays. Like I'm like it's it's not even that old for me. Yeah, yeah I've seen oh, the Shining's awesome. Those are that's like those people like, and I encounter these people all the time. Like, what do you mean you don't like X? What do you mean you don't like this? It's like I don't have to like everything, and just because it's in front of me doesn't mean I have to like it. Even mm-hmm. if I like it, I've never seen The Shining, so I like laughed at the joke. Oh, you've never seen? It? I'm like, haha, I get that, but I still understand like the movie. I don't know. You understand the icon, I- yeah, iconography just, of it. That, that drives me insane. Like, well, what do you mean you don't like blah, blah, blah? I'm like, I guess well, I don't. Actually, that, was, that was actually one of the things that, was, that some people have made comments on. So there's the scene in H's workshop mm-hmm. um, where they flip the script mm-hmm. on the gatekeeping that no- happens frequently in geek slash gamer culture mm-hmm. um, where Artemis starts quizzing Parzival on... So blah blah oh, blah. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, favorite yeah. snack, his favorite movie, the the thing he liked to do after he took a shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and wipe. normally, I was gonna say wipe his wipe. butt. Um, the thing, he liked, <laughs> and and the because normally that is not how that works. Normally that yeah. is the guy quizzing the girl. It's like yeah. So oh, you like Captain Marvel? So when in, it, in what issue did blah 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 like, show up? And I'd be I like, I 17. have no idea. And it so, wasn't Mystique. You mean Rogue? No, Mystique was introduced in Miss Marvel. Oh, oh, Miss Marvel. Yes. Not Captain in, Marvel. In, yeah, sorry. In Miss Marvel. Or Miss Marvel. Mi- wait, hold on. Miss Marvel when? Uh, the original run from the 70s was yeah, the Yeah, I was going to say, because the Mystique. stuff I read from the early 2000s was rogue, but never. But know. normally, yeah. that conversation really. happens this direction, which is the yeah. guy usually quizzing the girl who dares to inter- inter- to step oh. into man's space and, oh. and, and... Which is so... I don't... I still don't get it. And I don't get it myself. But in this, of course, in Ready Player One, they mm-hmm. flip the script and have yeah. it be on Ar- Artemis doing it. And to be perfectly blunt, 
it's no less dick a thing to do to somebody. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but it's it comes across as being mildly more acceptable because it's Artemis. Because um, she's so damn likable. But that's the sort of thing that happens with that sort of thing. But Judd, Artemis has a big ugly birthmark on her face. And that <laughs> oh, invalidates her as a person. Can I talk about this? Because that pissed me off. Because yep. literally, you, there's talking about, oh, you don't want to meet me in real life. I'm whatever. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And... She, they meet and she's got a birthmark and I turned to Dwight and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, that's it? Shut up. She, she's adorable. Shut up. She's adorable. Well, she's Shut up. She, she's Hollywood ugly. See, that's how Yeah, that works. that's true. Like, I think Dwight, you said it. Like, they should have done something and I think it would have been really great in terms of just representation. Like, put her in a wheelchair. Give her a disability. Give her something that makes her very, very unique and also relatable for somebody who has, you know, if you're trying to represent everybody in this world of, of things, like where are people with disabilities? You have people of, of different genders doing different things, different races. Why not, why not introduce someone with a, with a disability in there? I think that would have been really bold. And I think I would like that. But that's just me. I concur. Cause like the, the most you get from that type of like going into the Oasis to escape from who you are yeah. is in the age character, which I thought mm-hmm. was, was pretty well handled. Like yeah. the, the whole, like she was like cl- clearly going in there to, she wasn't happy with how she was. I assume this, she wasn't happy with how she was on the outside. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, this is me. I'm projecting at this point, but she was, she had a very drastically different avatar with a drastically different voice than mm-hmm. what she'd had in the mm-hmm. real world, which I think that, not that you could have done more characters like that, but that was that's interesting. Like, why did she decide to do this? I, granted, I know a bunch of people just gender swap and all, all that yeah, stuff yeah, all, yeah, in that yeah, type yeah, of thing yeah. anyways. But that would have been but really neat. It would have been interesting. Like, that's a chance to yeah. have a character, have that be a trait, and it can be you can either be making a statement or it can be like a, a strong character um, moment for them. Because I don't, I don't think, did any of these characters have arcs? Did anybody uh, change from the beginning besides getting a little bit more richer and accepting a birthmark uh, on her face? I think, well, I think Artemis may have been the only one that really had, she was kind of like avenging her dad kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, no, I can see that. Because she really hated IOI. I think for her, it wasn't about the Oasis Easter egg stuff. I think it was more about her family. Which and, is interesting, but yeah. she's not the main character. So she was like, way more interesting. Wade Watts is super boring and yeah. I don't care. Oh, I live with my my aunt and and trashy boyfriend who don't care that they died because they suck. Yeah, that whole oh, my parents was... died. I'm like, I want to see if you want me to feel for this character and 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 care about this character. I need to have more than just yeah. My dad named me after name wanted me to have a name like Clark Kent. I'm like, okay, great, that's cool. They died. I'm like, okay, like show me. I don't know. Show me something more. I don't know. No. So There's that lo- that yeah. kind of brings me. I want to I want to use that as a launching point to talk yeah. about the stories in the, that are happening in Ready Player One that I think are infinitely more interesting than Ooh, the ones we're yeah. actually following. Yeah. Um. So here's here's the f- kind of the first one. Um. It's not the most important one. So Morrow loses his partner. Right? Hmm? Oh, no, no, the that's, the partner. That's right. That's, gets, that's gets, um. That's uh, Simon Peck. Simon Peck. <laughs> so doing so the his, worst. American accent <laughs> and having uh, the worst hair. <laughs> so he gets kicked out of the partnership. Mm-hmm. Like like Halliday pushes him out of the company, and then he goes off to do whatever he does. No, he becomes Ask Jeeves for five years. John. And that's the, well, that's the thing I'm getting to. So, so of course in the movie, we don't get to know that he's the caretaker, 
until the very end. And I'm like, so wait, you're telling me that this guy, I want to know more about him because apparently he loved Halliday yeah, so much yeah. that when Halliday died, he spent the next five years mm-hmm. logging in every day to take care of the archives, even mm-hmm. when people stopped showing up and the only person who was showing up was this one dorky kid who who seems to be the only one completely obsessed with it. And he he's just doing it to basically keep the memory of his friend alive. And when the Oasis is finally won, he's the first person to show up mm-hmm. at this kid's door saying, hey, kid, good job. You won the thing. Now you need the re- something really important. Lawyers. And I have them in tow. Mm-hmm. And here, they're here to help you help you. Fa- you know, do all the real world stuff that you were utterly like unprepared to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to know more about his story and yep. where that was going on. Here's the other thing I want to know more about. I want to know how he managed to stay awake for five years. <laughs> so whenever he, people needed oh, to log in, I was going to say, I want to know about his wife and that relationship and, mm. and that type of stuff. Well, here's too. the, here's the, the thing I think is the biggest, I feel missed opportunity mm-hmm. because it literally happens in the, le- in like the last couple minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm like, wait, what? So Parzival is having a conversation with Halliday. And you're, the audience, of course, at this point, is supposed to think that this is some kind of Halliday avatar, like super avatar, where it mm-hmm. super knows what's going on. And, and Parzival asks the avatar, you're not an avatar. And, he, and Halliday doesn't say yes. He doesn't oh, say no. Yeah. He just sort of like... Or I think maybe he does say no. He says no. I think he says I'm not. He, but no, he says, he says, he says no, like no. Or and then like Parcel follows up and says, what are you? And then he just sort of like smiles and like walks out the door. Is that and the- I'm like, are you a ghost? Are you are you a ghost in the machine? Are you did like Ooh. like just before you died? Did you download your brain into the, into the oasis and you've been here for the last five years just waiting to, for someone Ooh. to give this thing? This is a really more interesting story. Yep. Like Ooh, what's like going that. on? That's when and, he was in his house, right? His childhood home. Right. Yeah. That was super sad. And I'm like, that scene. that's way more interesting than yeah. what we got. That's yeah. classic Spielberg. That whole sequence is yeah. just Spielberg yeah. dripping. Um, oh, and it's really sad, and I love it. And he's watching his his childhood self play. Was he playing Pong? No, he was no. playing something else. It's just I really sad the Atari and sweet. Game, but... and I like that. So, um, let's see. What are the other things that I thought were were kind of like? There was the thing with Artemis and like mm-hmm. this, this idea of the resistance. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of also boils into the fact that here's here's a here's a plot point that I thought was like, wait, what? <laughs> There's a so, lot of that. So. At the very end, right, the cops show up and they like knock there's on the door. There's police in this world. The, yeah, they, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. Yeah. I was like, there's, where were they when they were driving down like a highway, like causing accidents and murdering or, you know, people when, in when, in when, daylight? When, when you know a building got exploded, a series of yeah. buildings, yeah. Uh, buildings got exploded. Where are the police? Or like when people so, are getting taken away so, from their so homes. So H admits, right? So they knock on the door saying, "Hey, we want to talk to you about that video you gave of like you know the guy who confessing to blowing up a thing." <laughs> And how and H is like, oh yeah, wait, that I, that was me, no problem. And then she jokes, yeah, I record everything in my workshop. And she walks out to go talk to the cops about it, right? And then you see her in the like as the yep, things yep. and you know talking to the cops. And I'm like, wait, that happened like a day ago. So <laughs> you're telling me the cops sat on this guy's confession and like knew that there was an explosion and sat on this confession. Well, the script said so. Why? Because the script didn't, didn't have them show up Because you're the most useless that. cops ever? Do, like, does IOI, like, own the cops? What is going that's on here? That's kind of what, yeah, that's the like, only thing I I would have bought it if they had just said the cops were super corrupt and they weren't going to do anything. I would have been okay yeah. with it because that's dystopia, mm-hmm. right? But they don't. But at the end, the cops show up and arrest the guy who's, like, holding the gun. <laughs> like, also, 
I'm going to use this as a launching off point. This has turned into my podcast. Um, That's okay. The last Ready Player One thing was just all Alex talking yeah. about so, the book. So this is good. So, well, I guess it means it's appropriate as Alex point. Well, no, the, I, 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 I 100% knew that was going to happen. We were going to have Judd on, and he was just going to talk no, for the that's, whole thing. No, but that's why and we I'm have not, guests I'm not, on. I'm not shocked. No, so that's why do this. The CEO is like the least, like he's the most incompetent bad guy Just generic ever. bad villain. And the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of, that salvages it, it for me at all is that Spielberg was trying to basically ape and and do as a as a send up parody because this is a movie that like is in love with eighties stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? Yep. This is an eighties stereotype oh. of the of the corporate CEO bad guy. How ridiculously bad like bad at being a bad guy he is. Yeah, makes sense. to the point yeah. where it's like I'm gonna have I'm gonna invite the hero into my into my into my office and have the super secret conversation with him and leave the password, which is the most ridiculously easy password to remember. It's like Bossman O69. Bossman sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> On taped to Jesus a sticky Christ. note to my super fancy rig. I'm like you. Well, they had set that up. Are such a monkey. Oh, my God. You do not deserve to be what you are. You clearly must have slept your way to the top because you're just an incompetent boob. Did anybody else think that he was going to become like Superman at the end? His avatar looked like Superman. Like he was like wicked ripped and he had the spit curl. And I was like, he's going to. I was so excited. I was like ready for it. I was like, okay, the final fight is going to be him versus Wade and he's going to like, like become like Superman. And that's what was, but he was just. Or he's going to really be edgy. He wants to be like the dark Superman. Yeah, he'll be like with the the black black suit and the silver ass. Even though. I would have rolled my eyes so hard if that happened though but i was expecting that not just like a mecha godzilla versus a gundam fight which was that was visually end- that cool, the fight was ended nothing with a squishy ball where the eyeballs pop out which was the epitome of this movie because yeah. we, we were watching that sequence where um <laughs> a, like they, they they bust a hole in mecha godzilla's face artemis and then and artemis throws the squishy ball thing in and it sits on the ground and like it you you get a clear shot the of the squishy ball thing out. Tiffany turned to me in the theater and goes, oh, remember those? This movie is, oh, remember that, the movie? Like, that's what this movie is. And it was like, it was just this adorable little encapsulation of, no, 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 I'm not trying to, but that's what this movie was. It was just like, remember remember this, the movie? Oh, remember that, the movie? Hey, you remember Gremlins? Those are cool. I liked the Gremlins. I like Gremlins. Gremlins are awesome. What did they do? Nothing. They just ran. I don't know. Um, I go back and forth every time I think about this movie. Like, oh, it was cute. And then I think about it and I go, so I think they missed a big opportunity at the end. This is not my idea. I, I listened to a guy named Bob Chipman, also known as Movie Bob, who does like movie reviews and stuff like that. And one of the things he said in talking about that scene where um, the guy where Wade is is like talking to the um, the big boss man, and he's like Wade is like he discovers that he knows nothing about actual pop culture. So it's established to the audience that the bad guy has to be fed all this information about pop culture. And he actually doesn't care about it. And that's part of the reason why he's such a big dick and no one likes him at the end. It would have been infinitely more interesting to me Mm -hmm. if like he's using this great big pop culture reference, Mechagodzilla, or it could be anything else. And the people who are fighting him are like, Oh, we know this guy from a movie we know its weakness in the movie. Let's try and do that. And because the the main bad guy doesn't hasn't seen the movie or doesn't care about what he's doing, he doesn't know about that weakness. So he fails because he doesn't love the culture like everybody else does. That would have been so much more infinitely interesting than just being defeated by a little squishy ball. Like, right? I sorry, I'm I'm listening to you, but I had another side note about the villain and talking yep. about how terrible he was and 
they missed, I think, an opportunity because in one of those little flashback things, they show him. I forget. What is this freaking guy's name? Bad, bad no, guy. No, bad guy. Bad, bad guy McGillicuddy. I don't, know. I don't remember his name. It's something so. Look it up. John Smith. Yeah. John Doe. John Snow. But anyways, what? Oh, oh, sorry. You guys were looking at. Um, so they show him as an intern and talking about how um, he comes in. He's bringing the coffee in. He's an intern. He's trying to get, you know, throw his ideas at Halliday and be like really cool. And be like, oh, we should have like this tiered system of, of gamer, you know. Sorrento. Of, Sorrento. Yeah. I knew it was something weird. Like I was going to say Sargento, like the cheese, but that's not correct. Close. Um, but they show him as an intern having these ideas about, oh, we could have a gold level, a bronze level, all these things and how... Because cause like you said, Dwight, there's never a moment where you feel like, okay, he wants this Oasis because why? He's got money. He's got, he wants more money, I guess. He wants more money and more power, he, I guess? He, he runs a company. He's the CEO of a but company, but he needs more money. I wish... Well, the, actually, the interesting thing about the that Oasis. particular scene is, yeah. it, honestly, weirdly enough, that conversation where the intern is talking to you know mm-hmm. the guy who's like, I'm the big idea, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I'm the good man. I make it for everybody. Yeah felt like one of the only moments in the film where they understood gamer culture because yeah the fact one of the big things going on now <laughs> with gamer culture specifically video game culture mm-hmm. is this idea of like yep, oh yep, yep. well i bought the bronze package and yeah. that gave yep. me this stuff yep. well i yep. bought the gold master Loot package which, yeah. which, gave me, which, which gave which gave me this power up and this power up so i basically bought power mm-hmm. and that is a mm-hmm. huge controversy with within the community doesn't be- happen in backgammon uh, <laughs> um because there's a certain level of like on the one hand people buy them yeah on the other absolutely. hand companies there's actually a, a couple of videos that I've watched actually talking about this word sort of like mm-hmm. why a game like a triple A game at this point should actually be priced probably at like $75 mm-hmm. it should be higher i, um, I think because yes. of like because the $60 price point has basically been in, in like locked in its place since like 2008 wow and yeah. inflation has gone in a direction mm-hmm. And so, because of that, it should actually be more. But we, mm-hmm. as ga- we as the consumers, aren't willing to say if you, like someone said, "Hey, this dollar, this is seventy five dollars." We're not willing to do that. Yeah. So what they yeah. do is have to do to create additional revenue streams. They have to like add in like you know loot boxes yep. and yep. and yep. You DLC, know, DLC, 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 and premiere content. packages yep. where yep. you get a bunch of crap. And regardless of whether or not you agree with the the idea mm-hmm. of this, it explains that that it explains. Why they're doing it, but more importantly, in the in the context of this film, it's the only moment where it's sort of like someone said, "Hey, this is a thing that gamers actually care about." This idea of like, yeah, and yeah. more importantly, we're going to pin it on the bad guy to show what kind of a dick he is, yeah, because gamers, video gamers, are all like, "Hey, I hate the fact that when I when mm-hmm. I buy my game, my sixty dollar game, there's day one DLC." So basically, what you're saying is this game wasn't sixty dollars; it was seventy five dollars, yeah. yeah. and yeah. you should have just. Why did I have to buy extra stuff when I when I, I bought, bought the, the game. game the first day? Which is crazy because I, I and this is this is a whole another conversation yeah. separate from Ready Player One. Was, but if you go back into history, if you um go find any um like Toys R Us ad RIP mm-hmm. from like 1995, <laughs> 1996, Super Nintendo games were like eighty to a hundred bucks back then. They really were. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we are in a like awesome quote unquote age of like. Video games are dirt cheap compared to what they used to be and Mm -hmm. compared to what we're getting. Think about that. You used to pay $90 or whatever for Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo, whereas now you pay 
$15 for I talked about golf story on the other one. The amount of content in that is like infinitely more than the old one. So it's just crazy how much bang for your buck we're getting with the $60 game. And they should probably be more now. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted to go back to my thing and, and Judd definitely piggybacked off that. Like they missed an opportunity to like really explain why this, why Sorrento was a bad guy and what he was planning to do with the Oasis. Like it just never, Oh yeah, the thing about the, the we can fill up like eighty five percent of the view space without actually without like causing seizures. causing seizures. That was like the only thing that, that was a I was joke. Like, it wasn't serious. Like, but it would have been great if they built on that and then they sh- you know you show him as an intern. So like they they just they I feel like they had this shell of a character and motivations that could have been really cool, and then they were just like we're just generic eighties bad guy. Yeah, and I feel like it was such a missed opportunity to make him feel. Really evil. Or I think, Dwight, you had said this, like, if one of these kids, and I know it's like a teen movie, but one of these kids died or someone, like, there was real, actual repercussions for things that were happening in this movie. There was nothing other than his other than trashy aunt and uncle or aunt and uh, boy about. who we don't care about, like, you know, stuff being blown up. But there were no real life repercussions for any of this. And then in Act 3, they're like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna chase you with a gun. And there's, I wish there was more... More of that to suggest, like, hey, real life is still here, even though we have this oasis. We 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 cannot forget about real life, which is what they at the end they wrapped it up and like life life real life exists. I'm like, well, show us that there are real things at stake here. <laughs> which sucks for those people. Like he shuts it down on what Tuesdays and Thursdays. That sucks for the people who make their living doing oasis stuff like he just literally took out two days of their revenue yeah. what a jerk just because he's a trillion gillionaire now yeah, so he doesn't just, care there were some things that were that were really strange like that but chucky was in the movie so F best movie chucky. best movie ever so i do want to say some there are a couple things that actually i did give it points for and i do what feel like, I, I feel like we I should have front loaded with this i know because well, i feel bad because we've been more or less trashing on it no for, i still hold my ground that it was fun i would watch it again yeah, and enjoy yeah. it i stand it by was, it was fun just saying, it was a fun popcorn yeah, movie exactly i so enjoyed he, it so here's the things that i actually thought were 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 kind of fun here's a couple things that as as that actually did give me smiles when i watched this movie judd smiles um it's the new so rating the system. first thing that sm- that happened that i actually w- i actually grinned at was um, in the race, the race was cool. I like, race I like was that. fun. So the race is happening, right? And the 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 sixties Batmobile skids, <laughs> and it, it turns and skids right before falling into the thing. And I swear to God, I may have been making this up in my own head, but I swear to God, when it went skid skid skid, it was na 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 na. But it was <laughs> but it was entire squeal. So it wasn't like the, it it played the theme song. It was. It was like, and I was like, "Okay, you get points for that because that made me smile because I thought that was pretty cool." That's a clever reference, right. though. That's the other thing. Yeah, so, the, yeah. so the next thing that kind of really made me smile when I was like, "Okay, yeah, you get points for that," was when the and the best part was the the CEO guy like walks off and to go do evil, and, and our and our 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 main in in Oasis bad guy. <laughs> Which is played by TJ TJ Miller. Miller. I did not like him. I thought he. Oh, I, I thought him. his humor was way too forced. But that's yeah, no, none of his stuff was funny. But yeah. he's doing the thing where he's he's gonna he's gonna activate the the magic. He has to can't, do can't chant the magic spell to 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 activate the magic shield. And I'm like, okay, what are you gonna do with this? And then he, they do the charm of making from Excalibur, and I was like, yeah, okay, you get points for that. 
I didn't catch that reference. I've so, never so, seen so again, that's movie, a good the, reference. The, the movie Excalibur, like 1981. Mm-hmm. That was not born. Um, it, it, it's one of the sword and it's the one of the sword and mm-hmm. sorcery films, and yep. it's the one yep. that like took itself super seriously as a mm-hmm. as a fairly decent looking production budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big deal where Merlin uses the charm of making to do. There's a two points in the film he uses it. it, it well, there's three points in the film it's used. Um, there's four points it, in the film it, that's used. <laughs> we just keep on going up and down. Um, and that's the the chant that he uses in. That's been referenced in what Ready Player One is the ch- is the charm of making. I, I am just it's impressed. Super nerdy. I'm just impressed that they didn't do Clot to Verada Nick. See, that's though. what I thought I, they were going to do. That's where I thought they were going to do it with the two. So, so the, I was like, that's okay, an Army of Darkness reference. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, well, actually, strictly speaking, well, Army no. of Darkness reference, it's, it's which is aiming Day of the Earth, Day of the, Day of the Earth still. still. But See, Army of Darkness this is, is, the is what Ready Player one. one should really be, which is <laughs> geeks. Out geeking each other. Um, hey, stop gatekeeping me on your movies, Judd. I was going to say when they did the chant, I thought it was going to be that's where Chucky was going to come in because they were going to summon him <laughs> accidentally. Oh, yeah. If they, um, Dembella, give me the power, I beg of you. That's what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I kept, <laughs> I kept waiting for that and I was like, oh, they're not going to do it. So, Missed and then, of course, the last thing that I thought was like, I, it wasn't so much a I give them points for, but it was I didn't take away points. Um, <laughs> Because when 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 CEO bad guy is gonna get into the fight, right? And he like opens up his his inventory screen and he like goes to the vehicles and he grabs because the way the screen was, it grabbed a shape that I was like that's a vaguely Godzilla shape. And as he pulls it out and throws it on the ground and it starts to form, and I was like, that better be Mecha Godzilla <laughs> or I'm gonna walk out of this fucking film. <laughs> Screw you, get it right. And then it was like Mecha Godzilla. Like okay, because Mecha Godzilla which is Mecha-Godzilla a bad guy. Was it? Hmm? Which mecha? No, ah, he's not strictly a bad guy. Well, he's a big robot. That there's he's fights bad Godzilla. guy, but there's, not there's bad guy. There's one of them. I think it was the Godzilla 2000 series where Mecha Godzilla is built by the military specifically to fight Godzilla. So he starts off as a good guy, and then I think he gets taken over and becomes a bad guy. But anyways, uh, okay. I have that one on DVD. We should watch the first, it. The it's one I saw that was the that was the storyline, and this is mm-hmm. I, clearly it must be an older one because I. In older Godzilla. Original where, Mech- where they the military build or the, the U.S. or not the U.S. Earth builds Mecha Godzilla to yep. fight Godzilla, and then the aliens take over Mecha Godzilla. Okay, and that and, might be the and, one. F- and use that to fight things, and then Godzilla has to come fight it anyway. I think the original Mecha Godzilla was built by aliens, and he comes down and he looks like regular Godzilla, and then like at, throughout the movie, like his skin starts to fall off because he gets battle damaged, and like you find out that he's Mecha Godzilla, and I'm pretty sure he's built by aliens in that one. Why have I not seen this movie? Because that, aw- that sounds so amazing. Awesome. I love Godzillas are great. They're all great. I just remember this. Is the one, this is great. the one where the way, when Godzilla wins, the way Godzilla wins, he just, he uses a power that you've never seen him use before because he like goes Argh! and and like puts his chest out and like he's like flexing and he's creating a magnetic field, so which weird. draws Mechagodzilla into him, so oh, he's a, so weird. he's able to rip rip off Mechagodzilla's head. Wait, it's head. not with one of the squishy balls with the eyeballs <laughs> popping out? No. Oh, okay. So as somebody who loves just stories and nerd culture in general, Judd, does that make you upset that he is defe- that Godzilla uses a um, non-established power that is probably never used again to defeat someone in your beautiful Godzilla movies that you love all of them. Um, is, isn't that like a like a definition of like an ass pull and a cop-out and terrible screenwriting? 
And ass pull is like I've been watching Dragon Ball Super a lot. Do they do lots of ass pulls well, and, and, in Dragon Ball Super? Yes, and, 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 and ass pull in the context of of, of media at this I can point. Think of a lot is, of things of what that could be. Is the writers just pulling something out of their ass as oh. to how to get the, the the heroes to the next level? I was thinking of something very different. Uh, you're thinking of pooping. <laughs> but anyways, Judd. <laughs> Well, how do you feel about that? I feel about assholes. Uh, I watched Godzilla when I was a child, and I didn't care. So I thought oh. it was fun. And so, therefore, okay. if I watched it now, I It'd would be, be like, like, this is a movie that made me smile as a child, and I'm not going to think too hard about it. But you should watch it now and say, this is garbage and stupid, and now Godzilla is dumb. Right? <laughs> no. Okay, I will fair. not do that. Wow. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just busting your balls. Yeah. I, 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 I do this with Judd a lot at work. Um <laughs> I just like to push Judd's buttons because yes, I, I know the this. buttons to push. It's very easy to get I'm, him going. I, I it's have, the Mecha Godzilla. So I have big, so I have shiny, soft, squishy buttons that make mm. cool, cool noises when you press them. So I just <gasps> apologize if it seems like I'm being mean to Judd. I am not. Well, and let, Judd, do you feel that I'm being mean to you? A little bit. Okay. Little I love mean. this That's because fair. Dwight comes home and is like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, we were talking about this today and blah, blah, blah. And then like to hear you say these things, I'm like, I kind of... I kind of side with Judd on a lot of things. We kind of align a we little do. bit. We do. I I'm definitely Team Tiffany. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit aligned. Except for the trilogy thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> not everybody can love Jaws as much as I do. So the you thing I, speaking of, speaking of I'm sure at least there's been one day where you where Dwight's come back, home, come home and like, and you're just like, why are you back so late? And then Dwight's like, <laughs> yep. because Judd talked to me in, a, in the parking lot for like two hours. <laughs> this has happened a couple times. Well, there, there have been times I where we're it. sitting in the parking lot talking, and then Tiffany will, like, call me, because sometimes she'll call me when I'm on my way home, and, like, I'll just be like, I have to put you on mute right now. And, cause, like, <laughs> and then I get worried. Exactly, because I'm sitting there talking like, to Judd. It's like Judd. 6 o'clock. I'm, sorry, I'm like, sorry, uh... I'm not talking to Judd. I'm being talked at by Judd, which is... I think people on this podcast can now see how that works. Oh, yeah, and you should also be used to that, because I talk at you a lot. True, but Judd can carry a conversation with himself which is fascinating um, to watch because he'll start talking about something and then he'll like pin like four other things that he then has to like follow down rabbit holes and he'll start explaining something um, if i'm being too mean you can just tell me to stop no i'm laughing because i do the same he, thing he'll start explaining something and he'll be like well to explain that i need to tell you about this episode of a tv show that is i'm not talking it's about right now but this tv show started in 1987 and <laughs> it was created by this guy <laughs> this guy also created this other tv show and then we'll follow this rabbit hole and by the time we get back to the original thing either the point has been like super lost or like we just have like completely forgotten about it but judd always always sums and the amount of time it takes to talk after the rabbit holes is always like 30 seconds i love it and appreciate it and think it's funny you are not wrong hi judd (laughs) you are it is it is my superpower which is conversations in 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 parking lots which is why i am saying if at any point you want to just record yourself Talking about something, I will put it on our. I think um, that'd be really fun on our thing. I have, I, I have actually like talk, really cool. thought about doing the, what I call the. Like, I have this thing that I do in real life, um, which is you, I call. I will stop and say, "Okay, I have a this about that." You said it once on this podcast. And, I love it, and it, it is a thing I do. Mm-hmm. And I actually have legitimately tried like doing it by myself. But the problem is, I think to a certain extent, the this about that formula does not work unless I am talking at a person. <laughs> Um, take a so, picture of me, put it on your computer. Insert a laugh so I actually track. has said that what the next time I have like a this about that, what I'll do is just pull out my phone and just start recording it. Yeah. yeah. While I'm talking to Andre, usually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? You and Andre so. can do it. Oh, that would be cool. Grab Andre onto it. These these microphones cost like seventeen bucks. I'm not even kidding. 
they're not that expensive. No. Um, but yeah, I'm has everyone said everything they wanted to say about Ready Player One? I feel one? like there was something else I wanted to say about Ready Player One. And I well, oh, the other, the other, there was one oh, last thing that, yeah. that honestly bothered me, but although I did have a conversation with some people that <laughs> bothered me less. The quarter and the fact that like at no point was there made any reference to that this was just a weird quarter that was in his inventory. I can totally buy that it was a thing that when he looked at it in his inventory, it didn't say anything special, and so it just sat there until it was used. Mm-hmm. Uh, until it, until it, you know, triggered. He, he tr- it triggers and yeah. he gets his extra life. extra life. I can totally buy that. But, again, for someone who is clearly a gamer character, he's not in there like... They, Doing, you know, a or at least in the in the book it's different, but Parzival in um, the movie clearly is in, in it to be a gamer mm-hmm. and do stuff in the race. And well, he's a gunter, but the part of that is doing the games, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's doing all that stuff. And so you're telling me that he wouldn't have at least looked at it and said, "Huh, it's just a quarter. That's weird. It, like, there's no indication of what it does." Yeah. It was so. There, it, yeah. So it's the left there to be like the MacGuffin that allows him to get past the thing after the bad guy does blows up everything, and you're like, I, I and I honestly felt a little cheated. As like, I get why you're doing that, but I also am like, but somebody would have like he would have said something. He would have said something weird. Like at least at least been the like mm-hmm. the 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 making it the the uh, there was actually a bunch of different Chekhov's guns in this movie. Um, <laughs> But the Chekhov's gun in this particular case, he would have at least said more than just, huh, it's a quarter. Yeah. Flip, uh, flip it to you. Uh, flips it back to me. Flip it to you. Yeah. Catch it out of the air. Put, give it back to him. Then put it in my pocket and forget about it. Right? That is the sole what it does. <laughs> at no point does he actually state, huh, that's weird. It's just a quarter. Okay. And, and does, Yeah. And, I think that just even like a like a throwaway line, like oh okay, that's weird. Like, there's why there's would like you give no the fl- there's like the flavor. Yeah. There's no like it doesn't do anything. It's just a quarter. I have a quarter in my in my inventory. Thanks for clogging up my inventory. <laughs> Especially Love it. in a movie in a source material that's so focused on like I have this and this is this and this is that and I also have this and it's very very specific and lays things out. It just seems weird that they would just go right. Hey. And and there are games where you get like you'll get a piece of in, mm-hmm. like a a piece of equipment or something like mm-hmm. Dark Souls is, does this where like. You'll get a get an item, and it like the flavor text won't tell you anything about mm-hmm. like what it does. It'll just be like this is a thing, and you're like, great. You've played but, Monster Hunter, and um, <laughs> so tasty. It'll be like a so you're like, okay, that's great, and then like because you have that in your inventory, you now are able to get mm-hmm. to places that you can't. But yeah. th- there's nothing that like specifically states that, right? Or like you like it gives you a power up, <laughs> like it, it gives you a plus one or something that's mm-hmm. an invisible stat because. Develop, game developers love to do that kind of nerdy shit where they're yep, like, we yep. make a thing that like, we're not going to tell you what it does, and it's and but having this thing makes it like you give it like a two, extra fifteen percent on drop rates, <laughs> and more importantly, gamers also mm-hmm. love inventing that stuff where they're yeah. like, hey, you know, like I played I played for years, Final Fantasy fourteen uh, twelve no eleven eleven is the MMO. <laughs> I've heard Judd talk about Final Fantasy XI once or twice in my life. Maybe. I may have heard the same stories so, at least three times. I haven't, so, though. So. The, the true. It is very different. It. Final Fantasy XI is the MMO, mm-hmm. or the first MMO that they did. Fourteen is the follow-up. And so it has a crafting system. So you, like, Ooh. make gear and yada, Like yada, yada. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And so <laughs> there was, a, there was a... Um, I understand this. There was a thought. It was a... 
accepted mm -hmm. sort of thing that when you crafted with a specific type of crystal so like if i was going to make something that required a fire crystal mm -hmm. right in in a lot of the japanese mmo stuff the the elemental stuff are all yeah. keyed to certain points on the on the compass so if you're uh, casting with a fire crystal, you want to be facing in the direction that the fire crystal okay. is strong to, because that will give you a better result. There is nothing in the game that says that that's a fact. The mm -hmm. the the square actually came out and said all of this stuff, this this facing directions for crafting, doesn't do anything, <laughs> and yet players still did it still all the time it, because yeah. they were convinced mm -hmm. that there was a thing about it because the because the 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 randomness of your results happened huh. and some and people were like every time i every time if i have a fire staff equipped and i'm facing north i get better results that's it like it just in, happens that's like in pokemon red and blue if you hold down b while you're throwing your pokeball you get a better catch rate that's just how it is yeah <laughs> so i think there was one other thing you pointed at me and said you should talk about this they're talking about uh, Ready Player One being a movie for kids? Movie for babies. No, for kids, yeah. Oh, like, oh. Who is the target audience for this movie? And I, think I don't know. Yeah, that's like I don't a big know question either. Because yeah. on the one hand, you would think, sorry to run over Oh, you. no, 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 no. Go, go, go. Because you're the target audience for this. Well, you'd think that you're I'm the target. But he's not. But he's you'd not. think that I'm the target audience. But he's not. Because I'm the 46-year-old, grew up in the 80s. This is all my nostalgia. Except the plot of this movie is a young, adu is a yes. young adult plot. That's why, yeah. Yeah, and right? I don't. So like, you're yeah. telling me that like you're expecting forty year old guys like me to be to be like really on board for the young adult plot. Yeah. And, and to, so to flip in the to flip it the other direction, so if this movie is supposed to be targeted at the young adult, thirteen to eighteen mm -hmm. or thirteen to twenty one, they don't care about jousts. How many of those any people of actually care about the eighties? Right. None. None. Of them. None. I actually and, asked. My, I actually asked my. So I actually asked my nephew, who is fifteen today. Mm -hmm. He has not seen the film, and mm -hmm. I was disappointed because I wanted actually his opinion. Yeah, on Yeah, that'd have been really interesting. But because I was going to ask him, like, so why did you like it? Did you care about yeah. any of this, like this, this like eighties stuff, or was it just like yeah. shiny? Yeah. Well, I was going to say I can see because like our generation, people in our thirties, we don't have kids, but people even our age that do have kids, their kids aren't old enough to see like a, see it or appreciate it either so it's like a weird uh, I, I think that you had said that this would be the type of movie that when our kids, generation yeah, does have, have kids, kids showing this movie to our to our our generation's kids, kids yeah. will be a fun experience because on its surface there is the um like the the fun lighthearted adventure, except for when they go into Shining and there's yeah. millions of gallons of blood flowing. More blood, Mister Spielberg. <laughs> oh, you missed a spot on the wall, Mister Spielberg. But um, out, outside of the you know the yeah. graphic and like the the naked lady who turns into a zombie, maybe you don't see her boobs. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Not in this movie. Not in in this the Shining, movie. you do. You don't but see um, boobs in this movie. so outside of that stuff, this might be like something that our generation can show to their kids and be like, "You see that? That's a Chucky." Chucky, but at the same no, time, they, no, 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 they're, they're no. dropping even... like shits and fucks all over this movie. There's one f bomb. There's one f bomb. But like, no, I don't even think that you can be like, oh look, that's a Chucky. Show your kid friggin' Chucky. Um, <laughs> but I think as a, just a story, it's a very non-offensive, easy to follow, A to B plot. It's a movie for kids. It's a very, it's like a, it's like a Goonies, a not as good Goonies for like. 
You know what I mean? It's, Which I think explains why Alex doesn't like it because Alex hates the Goonies. But you know what I mean, though. It, there, it's it's a very predictable-ish story. There's a generic villain. There's a little weird love triangle. Like it's a very good baby movie. Like a movie that would be good to like a good family movie. I think even with the language, there's really not that much language. The, the one thing I actually thought when I came away from the movie, like the, my first mm-hmm. real sarcastic thought about this movie when I came out of it was, I really liked this movie the first time I saw it. It was called The Last Starfighter. I've never seen The Last Starfighter. So The Last Starfighter is a movie in the yeah. 80s. Um, and weirdly enough, doesn't get referenced in this movie. Mm. Or maybe it does. Uh, so, er- Ernest Klein's second novel, I believe, is exactly well, The Last yeah, Starfighter. Well, no, yeah. Armada is definitely... Well, it is, is definitely his, uh, uh, The Last Starfighter. Is that so his like, third favorite movie? So The Last Starfighter is a movie where, where this kid who's a, who lives in a trailer park, mm-hmm. like, and his one like claim to fame right, yep. is that he's one of the best people in the town playing this game called the, oh. called the last starfighter and and he's he one day he he mm-hmm. beats the high score like he gets the best that gets a perfect game yep and then the next day this guy shows up in town and he's like hey kid we got we got word that you, you we got an opportunity for you because you beat you know we got you got the best high score you know i'm my name is centauri why don't you come and talk to me about this great opportunity oh. and centauri is actually an alien because the last starfighter video game is a recruitment tool from the actual real starfighters out in the out in the universe who are trying to literally it's, save the universe from the bad guy that's in the video game. Hold up. Netflix is, or Hulu literally just came out with a show with with uh, Josh Hutcherson and Eliza Coop that literally that's yeah. the plot. You described it to me. I said, oh, that's the last starfighter. With the, I don't remember what the show is called because I watched a couple episodes, but that's exactly it. This kid that's really great at this game and whatever, and they're using it as a re- real-life recruitment tool. Yep. Huh. Okay. So, The Last Starfighter. So that's the uh, that's the one to watch and let everything and it's, else it's copy. Very, it's very, like, 80s sci-fi. It's, yeah, it's but that could be really fun. fun, though. Yeah. Future yeah. Man. Future Man. That's the Oh, God. Of. Yeah, I remember seeing the ads for I Future s- Man. I watched a couple episodes, and it wasn't bad, but now that you're telling me... Now I'm less enthused to watch any more of it, and I'd rather just watch something. Actually, that... I I actually there's um sorry. Going down a rabbit hole, <laughs> going down to rabbit hole. Judd has got a rabbit hole. It's just it is rabbit hole. It's really big and deep. You ruined my song. <laughs> so I actually have been thinking about like the idea of reboots and and like. Reboots and resequ and sequels and yada yada. Reboots. Here's um, my this about that. And here's my this about that. <laughs> One of the things about these these pro- when you reboot a thing is I read a thing recently where they were talking about this and they're saying that partially when you when these reboots are happening they're not for the people who saw the property the first time. Mm-hmm. True. So for example, um, when I was a kid, one of the various and sundry anime Saturday morning uh, no not Saturday after school animation things that I watched as a kid was Voltron mm-hmm. and Voltron is a, uh, has been rebooted and put on Netflix yep. which is really really good mm-hmm. um, and one of the things about it that makes it really really good is they took the spirit of the what the Voltron show kind of was specifically Voltrons with Lions and said wait part of the problem with this because this was the this is the era where American um Distributor companies were getting these properties yep, like yep, Voltron yep, and Power Rangers yep, yep. and um, uh, um, Battletech, not Battletech, um, Gundam. The other, Gundam Wing? No, not Gundam. Well, not Gundam Wing. Um, 
Robotech. Robotech. Tech. Robotech. And Never they were, seen it. They were taking these properties, and they were um, like putting American voice actors on them, yep. but they were cutting and slicing the hell out of them mm-hmm. because a lot of the Japanese themes and so stuff mm-hmm. that happened in the, the these these Japanese animations were way too dark or way too dark yeah. for what yeah. these guys could, what the, the executives felt an American audience could take. And so because of that, the stories sometimes like just sort of were a mishmash of stuff and <laughs> and like they didn't and then also it was like, well this is just the thing the half an hour cartoon show that we show the kids after after school. So we don't have to worry about plot and character development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have Monster of the Week and bash it up. And the new in the new Voltron series, they make a bunch of changes, which I think are really good. One of which is, um, spoiler alert, um, there's a character whose name is Pidge from the original. And Pidge is the short, almost kid-like. Mm-hmm. And Pidge... He's like the green one, right? It's the, the green glasses. one. Yeah, and okay. Pidge in the new Voltron series is a girl. But when the, you meet Pidge, Pidge is masquerading as a boy. And the reason ah. why is because Pidge is in trouble because her father and brother have disappeared because they got captured by the evil empire and she knows that the government is lying about it. And so she has Ooh. been beating their door down Ooh. trying to get information about this and to the point where they started like, you know, they said like, you ever set foot here again? We're going to blow it. And so she cuts her hair and she, she like enrolls in the academy <gasps> and goes undercover to, to find her, her brother and her father. Ooh. And so like, is a boy for that purpose yeah. until eventually like when she joins Voltron and even for the first like most of the first season n- the characters don't know that she's a girl mm-hmm. until Does the audience uh, the audience eventually find out because the audience gets to like her flashback yeah. stuff that's cool. um, which was I was like this is really cool because it basically changed a detail that was completely inconsequential to the character yeah. but because yeah. of it it meant that Women who are watching this or girls who are watching this can have another character they can identify with. I like that. And so there was a whole bunch of stuff that they did with that that I thought was really cool. So sometimes when you reboot something, you're doing it because, A, you want to make it maybe make it a little better mm-hmm. or make it more cohesive. But more importantly, you're doing it for a new generation to love a thing. I like that. Last Starfighter. I still watch it. How do we get there? Does anyone else have anything else they want to say about it? I don't know, man. I think I'm ready player done. Yeah. I do oh, have, I do have, I do have one other thing that I wanted to mention about it that I, I liked and thought was cute. Um, outside of the fact of I don't know how they got to that last location or why they decided to go there, whatever. Um, the oh, fact that... Doom? What? Planet yeah, the Planet Doom. Doom, but I don't know why they knew it was on Planet Doom. But anyways, um, I liked that... The, because Artemis had got captured and because we, she, and, and she was spying on No, how did IO9 know that they were IOI. on? How, how did IOI know to go to Planet Doom? We don't know. I don't care. Moving on. They're research people. I don't... It took... The, anyways. Um, the book says. Uh, yes, the script says. I liked that as soon as I saw them playing Atari games in that setting, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Because if you know anything about the history of Atari games and the history of the first Easter egg... I really liked that detail. I thought it was super cute that the, the last thing you had to do to beat this whole game was to know about that last, like the original Easter egg in an Atari game in Adventure. And there have been like documentaries made about it and stuff that I've watched. And it's so, or it's been part of documentaries that I've watched. I love that little detail. As soon as they started playing Atari, I'm like, I know where they're going with this. And it was great. Yep. And overall, the movie was fine. You know the thing about that scene that I actually like more than that? No. Well, let me tell you. Well, you asked me if I know what it is, and I said, I don't know. Oh, there you go. 
again, one of the points that missed my things are where they got points. What I loved about that scene is so... I thought you were done. I, 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 you know, apparently not. The hole goes deeper. Um, <laughs> Wade and his friends fight the, the fight to get here, to, to, to defeat I, you know, IOI, to get to the thing so they can play the game. And, and him and I think it's... Show? Yeah, it's Show. It's the ninja. Because mm -hmm. um, everybody else is everybody else has fallen by the wayside, right? And and they get to the inner sanctum where the where the the TV and the the the, the you know, Atari, Atari controller joystick thing, and the one guy, this one IOI guy who's been desperately trying to win this game, and he's trying to win it, and shows like gonna like go and like captain because they're on Doom World, and then he would just disappear, and then wait, wait and then Parzival's like no. He's trying to win. And Parswell stands down <laughs> to let the soulless, you know, the drone of the of the soulless corporation win the game for the love of because he's because the guy's playing it not because he has to, but because he's because he because Wade recognizes that spirit, that gamer spirit, that the guy is trying to beat it just to beat it, to win the game because that's what gamers do. And I loved that moment of where 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 that like little bit of character like Wade is willing to put everything they have fought for on the line because he recognizes that this is what he feels like they all this is the thing they're fighting for. But don't you think he knew that that wasn't going to work? No, because they're because they're they're surprised when he beats the game. He's the guy falls to the ice and they're everybody's surprised. They're like, oh, that didn't work. I thought Wade was like. I knew that wouldn't work. I might no, be, I might be no. misremembering. And then, then he because they all like, they look at it and go, and then Wade then Wade makes the oh yeah then he he's has like, the he's like the light wait bulb it's moment. not about winning it's about playing, and that's really what the the, the kind of the core of it is. Mm. It's not about winning it's about playing, and that's kind of what but I is think. that the message of the movie? Because I don't think you have the, the holiday. Movie, but it's, it's, holiday the it's my thing. message. That's fair. It was a good the it was, message. It was fine. Play video games and you get bitches. Well, yeah, he definitely won the girl in the movie, so but, um, that was that's nice. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, okay, sorry, <laughs> I, we can go I, I on and on. And on. I could have wa watched the dance scene, like <gasps> in the in the in the disco. I love that. Some of that was fine. I was, some of it, I was legitimately mesmerized yeah. by the way her dress was working. I was like, "This is cool." But Same. some of it got really weird when she started like rubbing his dick and that, stuff. That part oh. was weird. That was that was that was like, come on. Actually, was, actually all the all the like that, and then the later on the groin shots. I was like. See, this is why this will never be a thing. Like, mm -hmm. you will never, we will never evolve like our gamer tech to the point where what people are wearing, like, av like your your gamer types who are playing a game like Doom or whatever, are wearing full body suits and they're feeling so they can feel the hits. Mm -hmm. Because this is the first time that some person gets nutshotted in like, a game. <laughs> we're done. That is, they'll be like, okay, I just cut that piece yep. out and um, then we're done. I'm done. Um, because the technology is kind of existing, but it's not for that. It's actually specifically for like adult online things. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a whole nother podcast. That's no refunds after dark. And with <laughs> that. Are you going to do some kind of like wrap up? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Oh, okay. I think we're all done unless you guys have anything else no, you no, 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 want to no. talk about. Cool. I hit all my points. Oh, nice. I'm glad to hear it. Tiffany? I got to pee. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so uh, 
before we wrap up, I just wanted to um, kind of go into one last little thing. So we've started the website. I think we had talked about that on the last one. So yep. please feel free to go to um, norefundspodcast.com. Check out the website. You can find all the old episodes on there. You can talk to us through there. Um, another thing, speaking of talking to us, we have our Alex has recently started a Discord channel for no refunds. So we're going to be throwing that out on our Facebook. I might ask Tiffany to throw it up on our Instagram, which we now also have and are using. They have two whole photos. Two whole posts. Get ready for the uh, for the drought or not the drought, the flood of Instagram content. Right now it is a drought. Um, so yeah, just uh, you can. Interact with us, talk with us there, all that other fun stuff. You can also email us at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much for coming on today, Judd. Did you have a good time? I had a blast. I, this, was, this was fun. I enjoyed um, the hell out of it. I'm I, will, I will come back anytime you guys will have Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, never. No, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll probably have Judd on um, because I know, I believe we announced that um, Judd and Scott will not be joining us this year for the uh, movie draft. Uh, we will have two other guests. We talked about Billy and Derek. Um, but I Judd, don't know if we announced who they were. Oh, maybe we did. I think we did. I don't think we did. Well, we just did now. Just did. Boom, boom, boom. Billy and Derek. Um, that'll be next episode. Uh, just to keep things fresh and fun and yes. different. And so um, Judd will... Uh, probably be on an episode after that to talk about the, the movie draft and how it's going and I expect to see Scott there as well. Hi, Scott. Okay, so um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This has been No Refunds. Um, th- our music has been provided to us by the Hyper Potions. The name of the song is Time Trials. Please go check them out. Uh, they are super cool and it's awesome they're letting us use their music. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Bye. 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 Down to rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down to rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down to rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole, going down a rabbit hole. Judd has got a rabbit hole. It's just rabbit hole. It's really big and deep. You ruined my song.